Hello everyone, Ryan and Hadley here. And we are, what are we staring at? A phone. A phone. Does daddy use his phone too much? Yep. What do you think about that? You like um, spent like 6.2 hours on your phone like yesterday. You've been keeping track. You're right. I was looking at my screen time and I spent six and a half hours on my phone or using my phone yesterday. And the average American is on their phone 5.4 hours of the day, which is about a third of the time we're awake. So with that in mind, today's episode is an interview with the founders of the company that make Lightphone. This is a little device that is a phone. It does phone and text, um, but it's designed to be used as little as possible. And the idea is that it gives you that time back. So I'm going to play for you the interview. Um, if you're listening on the Uncomplication podcast, this will be the full interview. If you're on iTunes or one of those podcast platforms, if this is on YouTube, it's going to be the abbreviated version. But I hope you enjoy this. I hope it gets you asking questions about how much time you're actually spending staring at your screen yeah. and whether that time could be better spent. And if you enjoy Uncomplication, please consider becoming a patron. You can go to patreon.com slash uncomplication and you can support my efforts. I really appreciate it. So what do you think, Hadley? Should we get into it? Yeah. Put your phone down and let's play. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you everyone for joining me on another Uncomplication. I'm Ryan and I am thrilled to have a couple of guests with me here today. Uh, Joe Hollier and Kaiwei Tang. Uh, are you co-founders or cool? Yes. So co-founders of the Light Phone, uh, which is this device that I saw for the first time a couple days ago. I was out having drinks with a friend who I noticed he was a little hard to get a hold of, um, actually, that we were trying to coordinate times and places. And when I saw his phone, I understood why. Um, the The device itself reminds me of maybe a first or second generation iPod. And in your own marketing, you describe it as a phone that's designed to be used as little as possible. So at the bar, this kicked off probably an hour and a half worth of some of the best conversation I've had in a while about technology, its place in our lives. And I was thrilled to see that there are actual um, designers and companies out there that are trying to design phones for humans. So with that kind of a preamble, I would, I would love to kick it over to you and just ask, um, you know, maybe a little bit about your background and the moment that you guys came up with this idea for the light phone. Of course. Uh, Joe, go ahead. Yeah. Um, thanks again for having us. Super excited to talk about it. I guess to kind of talk about how Kai and I met, uh, it was 2014 and Google of all people had this idea for an experimental incubator specifically for designers. Kai and I both have uh, design centric backgrounds. Um, and it was a very open-ended, you know, kind of hypothesis. And they thought that designers should be at the founding table of companies rather than just a kind of afterthought that, you know, adding some branding or marketing, but actually that companies like, you know, Airbnb and some of these other really successful startups design was a fabric of, of the company, um, solving problems with more empathy and being able to, you know, kind of navigate in a much more agile way. Uh, so, you know, they kind of had this open-ended program for designers to come and think of new ideas for companies. And Kai and I, uh, with about a dozen others, uh, came to New York City and started meeting, uh, you know, it was almost like a school year, the program itself. And we met probably a hundred different founders and investors and just kind of thought leaders in the technology space. And the idea was that we'd learn how and why a lot of these companies were being built and, you know, start pitching them some of our, our hypothetical ideas that we would hopefully try to make real. And I think a trend that Kai and I saw quite quickly was around the idea of stickiness and, uh, you know, they call that metric retention. How many hours a day does someone spend on your app or, or your product? But really, they wanted us to make apps. Um, and it was kind of this golden rule. You know, if you could make something sticky, the VCs and all the investors loved it because they could see it scaling and, you know, 
adopting all sort of business models from advertising to data collection. Uh, and Kai and I just kind of in that program thought, hmm, like could making some new app possibly make our lives any better? You know, is being more connected for two more hours a day what we want? Or, you know, when we interviewed people or thought about our own experience, we were like, I want to get off the smartphone. I want to, you know, people were craving an escape and actually feeling habitually overwhelmed. So we kind of started giving people flip phones and, and experimenting with this idea of, of going light and, you know, not necessarily ditching technology forever, but because the smartphones became so ubiquitous uh, so quickly, you know, within 10 years, you know, we were waking up with them, checking it before, you know, even getting out of bed. And we said, you know, we can sign off for a couple of hours to go on a date or spend time with our kids or get back to, you know, some of our passions. Um, and I think and it's so normal. Yeah, exactly. It's so normal right now, but you know, if you start talking to people, you kind of realize like when, when is, when you or anyone else ever said that we spent, Oh, I spent six hours in my Instagram or Twitter. I, I loved it. I want to do it again. Like, you know, no one ever said that we all hate it afterwards. Right. We all like, Oh, what do I just do? And we, we keep doing it. And to us, it just it really not about, us anymore like the billions of dollars being invested into the industry hire the most talented and talented engineer designers to create app that collect data time attention so that companies can make a lot of money i mean the business model makes sense right but at the same time when millions and millions in app or social medias are doing the same thing it just doesn't seem fair and no um, big technology companies are doing something about it because you know um, this that's the main revenue stream so we we kind of both um uh, don't agree with what's going on and we decided to do something um completely opposite you know like mm -hmm. we like tools we like technology tools that help us getting a task finished quickly but it shouldn't be us using a tool and then you start swiping your tool for five hours so that tool company can make money <laughs> it should be just useful tool utility tool use it and put it back so that's yeah. why it's designed to be used as little as possible use it put it back you never seen it again uh, your screwdriver lives somewhere else you never thought about your screwdriver you know uh, uh when you're not trying to screw <laughs> something into the wall of furniture <laughs> So when you had this flash of insight that you could actually use the design process to build a device, not an app, what was that feeling like? And what was the response from the people that you were telling the idea to? Think, well, it uh, wasn't, uh, it, sorry. Uh, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, it, it's, you know, it, we're trying to do a hardware um, mobile device. Um, it, it's, it's probably, uh, it's more... We know it's going to be an uphill battle for us to create phones as individuals, right? We're so used to see phones being created by big companies like Apple, Motorola, LG, Samsung. You know, I, I used to design, develop, develop phones for Motorola, and I know how difficult it is, and we know it's going to be an uphill battle. But at the same time, you know, it just seems like uh, the, the behavior or the behavior of ours, how we use phone just seems so much like a crisis, you know, of, of I guess, humanity, right? Because I watch my niece and nephew using any screens when they use it, they, their face go blank. They stop, they stop talking to me. They stop interacting, you know? And so when we were talking about ideas, the action, the reaction were, uh, was very, um, uh, polarized right some people think this is this is gonna change their life and some think you know i i like my smartphone what's i don't know why do i need a minimized or <laughs> a phone that do less 
it was really quite interesting conversation. And I've, I guess that's like the most informative conversation we had with people is like, what's essential, right? When you, when, when you think about those tools in your phone, the first question that we wanted to ask everyone is, you know, what, what are the essential tools? And at the same time, you know, it's, it shouldn't be all about phones. Like we, we always talk about our phones being a, a, a lifestyle that we wanted to promote, meaning that, you know, life phone offers utility tools that give you peace of mind, you know, like phone call, text message, alarm clock, but it's in your pocket. So when you sit in, in sit in the park, right, you, you don't have things to swipe, to get lost to. You, you know, we remove all the distraction, um, noise, and I guess manipulations. So you sit there, what do, what's the most important thing, right? What's, what, what do you want to think about? What's, uh, <laughs> what's the important thing that you wanted to do that you haven't done, right? So stuff like that is something that we really wanted to share the benefit of going light versus the phone itself. Obviously we are making the phone we have we appreciate a lot of a lot of our supporters are backing us and make this happen with us and and at the same time we want to say that hey you know we actually don't want you to use the phone <laughs> when you're out in the bar having a conversation make eye contact or go juggling go you know take your kids to the park don't use the phone just have it as a tool <laughs> and and you know smartphone is designed for uh 10 inch eight inch screens for so many wonderful things video chat um games anything you can imagine right uh it's it's nothing i mean it's fine but at the same time why can't we have a different tool that that doesn't 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 design to to fight for our time attention so we we when we uh, introduced life phone we actually wanted to be a secondary phone the first generation we wanted to be a second phone so that you could take a break with um so you know you have the right tool but don't have all the distractions joe that's your your uh perspective as well i like yeah. the use of the word tool that's an interesting frame yeah definitely i think from the beginning the polarization that we saw that kai kind of talked about uh, was so incredibly powerful to us in terms of like validating that this is a very important conversation. I think, you know, even you uh, in the introduction mentioned that, you know, you and your friend, the phone itself, I'm sure you didn't play with the phone for an hour and a half because there's not much to do, but it led to these kind of deeper philosophical existential almost questions about, you know, humans and our relationship to technology. And I think even when, you know, we would present our idea and maybe two of these uh, thought leaders or investors, one might say, oh my God, I need this right now. Email's ruining my life. Please, please, please. And the other person's like, what kind of professional could possibly get away from email for five hours on a weekend? And they would start almost not arguing, but, you know, having these deep conversations. And I think, uh, you know, uh, ever since we launched our Kickstarter campaign for the first phone right at the end of that uh, 30 weeks program, um, we saw that same kind of, you know, polarization leading to these interesting conversations. Why would I pay $100 for a phone that intentionally does nothing? That was the original light phone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it kind of got wheels turning in people's head and, and understanding like, oh, wow, the value of not having these features. Um, you know, what is that like? And, and, you know, how, how might I use that time if I were to disconnect? So, um, even before we ever had the phone, it was so cool to see the conversations were just kind of already snowballing and so rich. And that led to us kind of being able to get some organic press and, you know, people sharing and talking about the idea. Yeah, that's super interesting. One of the questions I have here, um, you know, I think there's a lot that we could talk about why it's important. But one of my questions was, who is it for? And it strikes me that there's a certain type of person. And my friend who had one of these is a great example. I mean, he's a 
super brilliant guy. He works in a bookstore. He's building this huge collection of, you know, really interesting books. And, you know, he's, he's a librarian, right? So he's checking email, um, but he's living that pace of life, I think, intentionally. Uh, so I think that fits in pretty well with his intentions already. If you brought this to someone who is used to waking up at three in the morning, answering, answering a thousand emails, being on Slack all day, like that entangled, I could see there being an immediate uh, just disregarding this will never work or maybe it's a second phone or something I could do for an hour on Sunday afternoon. Um, but it also seems like the question itself about how much can you get rid of and still do your job? You know, can you answer fewer emails and still be a professional? Um, maybe in that vein, you know, who is it for? Do you see this being actually something that a the founder of a startup could put in their pocket and replace their their smartphone, or is it really kind of aiming at these maybe um, you know alternative lifestyle people to begin with? I think it's been pretty amazing to see the wide variety of users. I wouldn't say we feel that there's any one demographic. I think the CEO type that you describe um, would benefit from the productivity of focus. Um, you know by narrowing their distractions and, uh, you know, kind of carpet, car compartmentalizing tasks to different devices. You know, Kai and I run the light phone business. You know, I have this laptop here. It's great. I can do all my emails, but then I can close the laptop and focus on, you know, some of the longer term tasks or, you know, design challenges that we're, we're facing without seeing a million Slack notifications. So I think, whatever field you're in, it's really about intentionality. And obviously some people are going to feel that friction and there's a lot of excuses an infinite amount of excuses actually that you can make for why having a light phone might be a, you know, burden or, or friction, I think is a good way to describe it. Um, but, you know, we've seen people use it as this kind of family thing, you know, religious families in particular have really gravitated to the phone or other sort of religious groups, but also artists and people who are more freelance who maybe don't have as defined on and off hours. The light phone can kind of start to represent that space away from work. Um, but, you know, outdoors, people have embraced it. Uh, parents have given it to kids as a kind of first mm -hmm. phone. It, it's been really inspiring to see the different ways that people fit it into their lives. Yeah, I, I think I'll just add that the, the, the notion that I guess the question should be, I, I, I was thinking about a question was like, you know, I can live without, we, we can run a company without phone call, text message, emails, or access to some instant messaging platform that other partners are using. But at the same time, all those tools are available in on my laptop, um, maybe iPad, right? It's not necessarily need to be um, a portable device that comes with me 24 seven. You know, <laughs> doesn't matter how busy you are, you gotta sleep, you gotta have some time off so that you could recharge, you could actually reflecting on things that we do. So I think that's, you know, sort of what we're trying to do, like defining tools you know, you, we, we, we are human. We use different tool in different occasion. We don't use one tool for every scenario. And, and that's where life phone comes in. I think, you know, we're trying to say, Hey, I, my laptop, my iPad does pretty much everything else that I need to do. But when I walk around or commute, you know, I don't really need to watch a video when I am subway or, or play in a game or you know, waiting in line grocery, I don't need to pull out my phone and swipe, right? So that's, uh, I think that's where we, uh, we come from. Yeah. And it's funny. I mean, I'm just reflecting that um, I think I've gone through different periods of just content saturation where I couldn't go to sleep unless I had earbuds on. And, you know, you go to the bathroom, it's like, oh, where's my phone? It's either that or read the shampoo bottle, right? So you get into this uh, pattern where, whether you like it or not, you're just always looking for that. I don't know if it's a dopamine hit or, or um, you know, yeah, an addiction, right? And then when I am able to just, I don't know, put that stuff away. I mean, I've never been one for social media. I don't have Facebook. I, it's something that I kind of 
recognized early on was not the type of lifestyle that I wanted anyway. But this whole experiment has got me thinking where where do where do these devices actually fit in and what do I really need? And I need to communicate with people. I need to, you know, coordinate times, places, things like that. But and and you know, I'm I'm on my phone, I, I'm using it primarily to do things like Duolingo, right? Or like these apps that actually I feel are enriching and having a little portable computer is a great way to learn another language. But do I need that also bringing with it all of this other noise and notifications? And yeah, so I guess for your own experience, what what was your technology consumption like when you had your own smartphones? And what was that transition like um, when you started using your own product? And I assume, and, uh, you know, cutting back on that saturation. Yeah. I, I think I, I was, uh, I, I talk about this experience I had when I was working for tech companies, I, I become afraid of phone calls because, mm. you know, it's always, you usually mean something goes wrong in the middle of night, you know, in the different side of the country, um, sorry, different side of Earth, uh, planet. Um, so it, it, it's usually give me that anxiety um, uh, thinking about it. Uh, you know, we, we both switched to life phone full time. And I mean, obviously we're biased, biased because this is exactly what we wanted and that's why we created for ourselves. Um, so, you know, it, it, we do, we still have social media. We do have social media account. We use social media to communicate with our users. Um, but, you know, day-to-day commute, uh, portable device, it's just, just life phone. Um, at the moment, it, it feels, I, I mean, uh, I, I guess our, our users told us it feels, they feel less stressful. They feel less anxious. Uh, we have people telling us um, they actually sleep better. Um, we have a gentleman email us saying that um, his heart rate actually reduced uh, when you use uh, when you use life phone. Um, and this, that's all the benefit we wanted to um, share with people. I mean, reading more books, watching more movies, you know, they feel like they have five hours, um, five more hours a day when they when they stop carrying around um, a smartphone. Like one story I always remember remembering um, is that uh, I think a reporter is using life phone and the biggest thing that she realized when she go, uh, go late was that you know, she gave herself permission to just queue, stay in the queue in the grocery, just look around. It is okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm fine. I, I'm okay. I don't need to swipe, you know, social media. I could just stand standing there for like 20 seconds, do nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that's the profound experience we wanted to give. Well, we, we hope people will experience when they go light. Um, and we, we, we kind of, I'll say we both experience um, uh, uh, that when we, uh, when we're on life phone for sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't a terribly hard transition, I think, because the things that maybe I found myself doing on my phone as a freelancer before the light phone uh, were stressful. So getting them out of my life and you know, dictating them more to a specific time of day and a device specifically uh, was really relieving for me. I remember being on a beach with my smartphone and going to change the song on the little Bluetooth speaker and seeing an email from a client, you know, this is before the light phone and just like it ruined my whole beach day. I'm in Miami with my girlfriend and now it's all, I'm just screw this guy and he's asking for this file and it's nothing I can actually do in the moment, but I didn't even like, you know, there's no reason to see it. I told them I was on vacation, but of course the email came, I saw it, I let it really throw my day off. So it was moments like that, that, uh, you know, or the opposite, you know, waking up on a Saturday and you're like, what do I do? And it's wait, three hours have already passed. I just was scrolling away. Um, you know, I didn't find myself, to be addicted, but I think we're so much more vulnerable than we want to admit. And I think having made the transition to a light phone user full time, 
Um, something that's interesting is that, you know, I guess we would hope maybe that uh, being away from it would teach me to not succumb to those vulnerabilities, but the pandemic hits, I open up my laptop and, you know, I have to consciously, uh, you know, bring that same intentionality to every aspect of the internet. I think that was a kind of an interesting thing. It's like, yes, it's great. I don't have a smartphone, but if I open my laptop, am I not just as vulnerable to these kinds of holes and, and to kind of, you know, treat them in the same way that I treat the light phone, you know, why did I open Twitter? You know, uh, a lot of users describe to us on their smartphone, closing Instagram, turning two pages and then reopening it without even thinking like, Mm -hmm. I want to reopen Instagram. Like I closed it and reopened it six times in a row. Uh, And it's like those kind of unconscious things. And uh, I've broken a lot of those. And I think that's super powerful, but you know, there's definitely some inconveniences to using the light phone. Uh, And I think what Kai and I have been focused on with our, our development team is trying to update the phone with upgrades that, you know, stay aligned with the ethos, but allow users to have a little bit less friction. So we added the directions tool um, in September. And, you know, that's been a really great thing because people aren't going to look up directions when they're bored uh, Mm -hmm. at a restaurant, but it's a nice peace of mind to know, like, God forbid I get lost or forget where the address is. I can, I can get somewhere. So you know, slowly we're trying to offset some of these inconveniences, but uh, oftentimes it's really empowering for people to not have the smartphone. Um, for so long, we didn't have directions and people were like, I was scared to leave the house without. <laughs> yes, but now I'm like, I know my whole town. And, you know, worst case, you ask a stranger for directions and they're usually really nice and you might even have a great talk about why I don't have a smartphone. Um, so, you know, for every kind of negative, there's also like a kind of bright side to it. Um, it's also a realization, isn't it? Like people get life, we have people uh, supporting us get a life phone, you know, but when you get life phone, it's really not that much to do on the phone if you don't call people a text or get a direction or you know, get a long clock. It's really not. There's a that's it moment that happens. Yeah. People are like, so yeah. psyched. They have the context, so... they call their friend, and then they're like, now what? And that now what is exactly what we're selling. Yeah. Um, but yeah. for some people, that's, you know, a lot. Uh, artists perhaps are really good at, you know, oh, now I have all this free time. Let me dive into the things I love. Well, for some, some people, people can't can even, can, yeah. probably can't get over that hump. Like, you know, mm-hmm. the, the feeling of just too bored, um, nothing FOMO, to whatever, do. Yeah. yeah. And, but like, we spoke about this many times, like we think boredom is, is actually good. Like boredom is good. Um, we need to be able to handle or enjoy boredom, not even handle. It shouldn't be, a, it shouldn't be, you shouldn't be frustrated about boredom. It should be like, oh, wow. You know, I got. I got all these thoughts I could start to let it fly. <laughs> I got all the things I could think about, um, time, space. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's actually quite, quite refreshing once you get over that, that, that initial um, anxiety. Um, but, you know, we, we get it. We, we don't expect everyone to get over it, get over it right away. It's, 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 mm. it's a withdrawal, withdawal symptom, symptom. Yeah, withdrawal is a good way to put it. Yeah, you feel nervous. You're like, oh, maybe you're sweaty. I don't know. <laughs> but it's definitely not an easy thing to do. And we try to make it really clear or, or even warn people that, hey, you know, going light is is not as easy as um, picking up a speaker, uh, uh, new headphones, right? Uh, or, it's not a or magic call, call either, yeah. you know? You're not gonna, it's, it's not gonna solve it. It takes a lot of self will. You, you have to overcome that. Um, I think people yeah. get the phone and look for an excuse as to say, like, ah, this thing sucks. I need my smartphone again. You know, yeah. it doesn't have X, Y, and Z. And whether they really needed that or not, who knows? Because, you know, it's a kind of but at least to get people start thinking, like, what do we, what's the trade off? 
between convenience and your smartphone like what do we we have all this convenience but like what do we miss yeah, i think that's like something we we've been trying to um communicate um you know obviously we wanted to make phone experience when you use the phone we want it to be as smooth as possible we want to have well we want to have all the utility essential tools so that more people feel comfortable um mm. to go like to give it a try even the secondary phone weekend holiday vacation you know if you if you're ready go full-time um but mm. at least the phone experience hopefully we will we'll keep improving it um but you know ideally we, we we want people to experience that wow you know i don't really need um this mini computer in my pocket 24 7 <laughs> go to toilet with wake up with go to sleep with you know like i just saw an article saying that like i don't know 70 80 percent of us pick up our phone right after sex <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh fascinating uh huh. but it's yeah you, you know I, I love that um i'm i'm just putting myself into that place of what's next and i have a friend who's fond of saying it's not what's next it's what's now and when you think about how much our phones are trying to, you know, learn about us and predict our behavior and recommend the restaurants that we like and give us the turn by turn instructions, you know, even though it's 70 miles, you know, in 70 miles, make a left turn. Like it's always what's next. And I think having that moment, which actually yesterday um, I kind of had that what's now moment where I was in Denver and it was Martin Luther King Day. So a lot of th- places were closed. And I was trying to find a vegetarian restaurant. So I'm driving dangerously, you know, scrolling through Yelp and looking at all these reviews. A lot of things are closed. And knowing this interview is coming up, it's like, you know, I used to be able to find food without Yelp telling me like what's good. So I threw my phone in the back seat. And I ended up just driving around Denver, found some like cool neighborhoods with, you know, art on the walls. And just, you know, I, I let my own intuition kind of guide me to where I wanted to be rather than the, the devices that would have told me that. And I ended up at this really cool little cafe bar, sat next to a gentleman that I talked to for about an hour. And that was, um, yeah, that, I think that's, to your point, when you put down the technology, you have to take responsibility and you have to be confident or just comfortable that, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to not sleep in my own bed tonight. Like I'm not going to get you know, lost in a river. I might make a few wrong turns, but that's how we used to get around. And by taking responsibility, you might actually learn these skills and not be um, so dependent. I'm sure you're aware, I love this little tidbit that there's a lot of um, car accidents and even fatalities that have happened where people have died by GPS, where their eyes told them like, this is a, this is a um, boat ramp, but Siri was saying, go straight. And they drove their car into the river because they put more faith in the technology than in their own uh, human intuition. So that's actually kind of a nice pivot into the next line that I'd love to kind of take with you. When you look at the world at large, you look at this, I mean, it's a globalized uh, culture now. And I was just talking to a friend yesterday about the Starlink satellites that now you can go out in the middle of the desert and you see these, you know, parade of satellites going overhead. So we're not you know, everything else seems to be moving in the exact opposite direction of what we're talking about. You know, more connectivity, more features, every new iPhone or Samsung, you know, they're just touting more and more and more. What do you see when you extrapolate that out another 10 years? Um, Keeping in mind that the iPhone has only really been a product in people's hands for 10 years and we're already here, you know, what are the two paths that you see um, the, you know, the, the hyper connectivity versus maybe the choice to take some of that responsibility back. Yeah. I mean, I think thinking about it in terms of like a path is kind of where we are with light. I think we felt very strongly that everything was moving in this one direction, like every single technology company it felt, and we wanted to create an alternative. And I think it's not that necessarily light is going to create a completely radically different technological landscape. But I think by having alternative options, users will be able to navigate that at their own desire. You know, they can connect with the new laptop and then they can have a light phone and, or maybe they don't have a laptop at all and they go full light phone or something like that. But in terms of where technology is headed, I would say I'm pretty pessimistic 
looking at how things have unfolded thus far. Um, and I can only imagine that it's going to be more clickbait news and, you know, more screens and more digital everything. And I do think that there's enough people in the world, you know, maybe not the majority of people that are wanting something, you know, a little bit more analog, wanting to keep some of that humanity uh, up front. And so we just try to provide an option uh, for those people. I don't think we think we're going to dethrone the iPhone and, you know, smartphones are going to be extinct. Everyone wants a dumb phone now, but I do think there's lots of people who are finding profound benefits from, from getting rid of their smartphone. So, I mean, maybe if I would try to be optimistic, maybe enough people would kind of come to their senses and realize that the smartphone's probably not making them feel better. And it's actually probably making them feel worse more often than they realize. Yeah, I think that's key. Like, you know, we we are human. We If we feel things wrong, things are going really wrong, we react. Like, same way that, I, in my opinion, same way that people reject Google Glass or whatever glass that you put on your face. You know, like, it seems logical, right? You, you could see things and while interacting with it. But at the same time, that technology become the become this overtaking every conversation when you're on your face that's the only thing that people notice like you know instead of the conversation instead of your personality instead of who you are i think when that happens people react same way that we've been eating unhealthy food and then you know recent years everyone start to care about wellness and and trying to find what's what's mm. you know what's what's healthy what's healthy uh for them um uh yoga um yeah retreat. well there's kind of a, a wake-up call moment yeah and i think you yeah, know what we're doing is kind of similar balance. too it's a healthy it's sort of healthy food and i don't really think that we are <clears throat> completely completely opposite moving uh opposite direction we're actually trying to say that you know we 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 like technology that's why that's why we create tools. Um, but at the same time, technology shouldn't be just completely not aligned with our or regard, disregard our well-being or, you know, what we want to uh, be in life, right? How, what's important for us. It shouldn't overtaking all that, all that no, uh, 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 notions or, or, so addicted we forgot to to pay attention to our kids <laughs> right? a lot I mean, of that is the ad driven business model i think uh you yeah. know something like uber or lyft i mean obviously you know they have their own issues perhaps and moral ethics but i think at least it's an honest transaction with the end user where it's like i pay the money i call the car i get in the car it's not like facebook or instagram that are just kind of like keep checking us, keep checking us. Um, yeah, I mean, settle like so like good. Like you could communicate when you're camping with no signals. Like the, all those tools are very great. Like that's that's human civilization's advancement. It's awesome. But at the same time, if the satellite all it does is shooting me advertisements so that the company can make money, it's like well, I don't need that <laughs> technology. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, I think it says on your website, or maybe you said in this interview, but um, the idea that you are the customer, not the product. So, mm. you know, this technology, I think, came from really innovative people that cared about humanity. I mean, Steve Jobs was a big proponent of the iPhone, and I think he had a lot of good values at his core. But you see how quickly something can get distorted, um, really playing on, you know, a million years of human evolution you know, there's whole teams of people studying how the brain works just so we can exploit it to get people's attention focused on, you know, advertisements and things like that. So this idea of you are the customer, not the product, um, you know, Facebook rebranding as meta and everyone focused on this digital world. Um, I see that quite frighteningly in that, you know, in my little community here, we just had a whole area of neighborhoods burn in December, like right before New Year's, you know, like the, the planet itself is unwell. Um, and we are 
fixated on this digital version of life and completely ignoring kind of the, I don't know, the biology of life, you know, the, the clean air, yeah. fresh water, yeah. um, which we need to sustain any kind of uh, future growth. So, I mean, from that, from that level of, um, you know, dichotomy, the real world versus the digital world and being the product, you know, you're actually being sold when you're in Facebook. Uh, you know, a lot of the time that you're spending on your phone, you are making money for someone else's bottom line and you're missing your, you know, kids, uh, karate practice. That's something I do all the time. I'm, you know, on my phone, not, you know, participating. Uh, so yeah, maybe, maybe talk a little bit about, um, just being in this industry now, what resistance have you come up against? What paradigms are in place that kind of undermine or, or prohibit, you know, a, a human, uh, you know, present kind of experience versus this move to the meta, this move to the digital world being more important? I mean, uh, getting the resources financially has kind of always been a pain point, considering that so many of these VCs, as I mentioned earlier, love this kind of traditional advertisement-driven, super scalable, free software uh, model. And, you know, here Kai and I come and they're like, wow, this is a great idea, but will it make any money? Is it too niche? You know, are you guys being almost too honest in, you know, how you're doing this operation? Uh, fortunately, I think there's, you know, enough people that want to see a product like this. Um, and, you know, there is a value that we're creating um, in a business around that. But, uh, you know, there's always been this kind of resistance of like, if everyone else is moving that way, it's great to imagine opportunity going the opposite, but also there's a lot of resistance. Uh, the network effect with users is a big one. You know, if someone getting away from the iPhone means getting away from iMessage and, mm. you know, some of the, like being able to Snapchat their friends constantly or whatever their kind of platform is. Um, so you know, all of those things become another hurdle for someone to make an excuse and not go light. And so I think from both like, you know, keeping the actual business running and also just getting a user to, to get to the place where they're able to try the phone and experience what we've been talking about. Um, there's, yeah, numerous hurdles uh, along the way. Yeah, I mean, we've, been, we've been trying to not use uh, paid social media uh, for a long time now, <laughs> that's like you know obviously go to channels right for for any companies that are trying to promote their product and service. Um, uh, we luckily, fortunately, we have a lot of users um, that love what we're doing and share um, uh, light phone with you know that like I love how you know about comments about light phone yeah. too in the bar. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what we hope. That's our ideal. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you see someone using it and, and, and hope and maybe have a conversation about it and, and maybe... you don't use paid ads, use existential conversations. See, I, I, <laughs> I dig it. I, I resonate with that. Yeah. What a, what a you that in an investor's deck either, you know, yeah. what people about... are going to talk about it. That's how we'll get out there. You know? <laughs> Oh, but we. I think I, I do. I do see this uh, movement become big enough trend, and we do see a lot more investors coming on board um, on this idea of prioritize well-being. I mean, you know, whether or not they really think that that's a, that's uh, what they want, but it, at least this <clears throat> this trend, this movement, is getting enough people mm. um, interest to keep us going i think we we actually experienced the biggest growth last year um uh, it just to us it just it's, it's natural like this problem of smartphone addictions 5g social media is it's never gonna go away it's gonna get worse and when when this get worse i think the other side is gonna get bigger meaning you know more people is gonna realize something hmm. is wrong and we should do something about it you know, and maybe we're early, but that's fine. You know, every every company starts that niche product. Oh, <laughs> uh, and I think we are, 
we are probably early in our time in 2014 when we start um, the idea, but at the same time, we're seeing every year more people um, start talking about deleting their Twitter or um, um, digital detox, right? Um, So many reasons along from 2014. I mean, whether it's this scandal, this, you know, abuse of privacy gets exposed or screen time feature when that was released and you heard the Apple CEO kind of going out and saying, we all use our phone too much and people were able to kind of get confronted. Mm. I think if you ask someone like, are you addicted to your phone? They're like, yeah, not that bad. Uh, you know, or maybe they say, yeah, but like, not like some people. And if you ask them how many hours, they would probably vastly underestimate. And I think mm-hmm. getting confronted with weight, four and a half hours times seven days a week times how many weeks in a year, you know, you're starting to be able to see just how much of yourself you're giving to the device. And I think, you know, the combination social dilemma came out uh, a little over a year ago. I know that documentary brought a lot of attention to this because it was able to really break down the problems we're talking about. Um, So, yeah, it's been great to see the movement grow, but we're definitely, you know, the underdogs as a, as a company making a a small phone from scratch. uh, That's not, you know, Motorola or or Apple, as Kai mentioned. Yeah. You know, I think one of the, one of the greatest things about your product, I don't even have one, so I'm not even using it, but it's getting me thinking, right? Like it's a conversation piece. Like I, I would encourage anyone listening to have this conversation with someone close to you about your potential addiction to technology and, you know, share your screen time with someone and just where is that time going? I don't know. Those conversations, I think, are really important. And I was just thinking that there's a, a frog in the pot effect where, you know, when I was a kid, when I was in high school, we didn't have cell phones. So if we wanted to hang out with someone, we'd either like call up their landline. And if they're not home, we'd go to the places that they might be. You know, you go to a friend's house. Oh, he's not there. And we'd all kind of collect somewhere. And, you know, we'd hang out in physical time and space, maybe play video games or go you know, out. But, you know, there, there wasn't even the concept that you could be in communication with your friends all the time. And we kind of stepped through, you know, the dumb phones, the smartphones, et cetera. And so I think that from an older perspective or not even, you know, I'm not, I'm almost 40, so I'm not that old, but I've been on the transition. I see um, whether they are just young people, the digital natives that are handed an iPhone when they're, you know, in some cases, six years old, you know, you see those kids out there, you know, they, they never had that opportunity to learn boredom or to learn, um, you know, anything other than this constant uh, pulling on their, their human strings. And I was talking to my um, friend the other day, the, the last episode that we posted, he was talking about in Ecuador, these uh, f- villages in the forest that are getting these Wi-Fi te- uh, antennas put up. And he was telling a story of this soccer game that has been like generational. This soccer game happens at sunset every day. And the day they turned on the Wi-Fi signal was the last day that that game was ever played. And that's that same kind of like, you know, you you dive in to the the current state of technology and it's almost inescapable. Um, and gosh, you know, yeah, this is just the thing. Like it, it unlocks all these stories. I remember going to um, South by Southwest with a bunch of young younger musicians. And I was like, oh, man, this is gonna be awesome. We're going to party our faces off like I haven't. You know, I left my, my wife and kids at home and I went with all these like young musicians thinking I was going to get like this rock star effect. And instead, we had this this rented house. It was this awesome place. And all of these younger kids were just sitting there on Twitter and Facebook and whatever they were doing. But I was like, this is what you guys do? Like, we're, we're in this cool city. We have this whole house. Like, you can do anything. And you're going to sit, you know, silently, like 15 people in a room just looking at their phones. And so- well, it remind, remind me of, uh, uh, I, I was taught, I was, uh, so one of our investors, um, uh, I always meet with him. Who, uh, so sometimes he 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 bring his kids along, you know, you know, uh, to the meeting. So he there's no TV in his house. He doesn't give smartphone to his kids. His kids are like eight, nine, or ten years old now. His kids never touch any screens uh, growing up. So when 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 we were in a meeting, we're chatting, and the kids just like listen very focusedly, intentionally listen to what we're saying. And at the same time, is is playing 
with his uh, uh, shoelace and like use use his shoelace, create a little animal thing, and just you know listening to what we're saying, asking questions, and playing the shoelace, shoelace, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was just mind blown. I was like, wow, like how did you, how did they grow up to be so? <laughs> so different um without without smartphone and i think it's you know it, it it just to me that's like that's how we should um 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 how we should treat our kids <laughs> meaning like allow them space and time blank piece of paper so they could they could develop they could they could be creative they could do whatever they want like right now as you said everyone communicates through um, their smartphone. So all the communication are probably one dimensional, right? Because, you know, face to face, even the video, I could tell you no in so many different ways. I could tell you no in a way that you feel horrible. I could tell you no in a way that you feel, oh, okay. Like he, he, he knows what's going on, you know? So, but at, with one dimensional communication, when you say no, it's no. Like, like there's nothing more. There's no more information. There's no subtle hand gesture there's no facial expression there's no head movement right you just everything's one one dimensional like there's no nothing else i think we lost that um uh in this generation that uh majority of us communicating through through uh digitally right um i love what you always used to say kai which is like if we as adults are having issues with controlling our, you know, vulnerabilities and temptations with checking and rechecking. How could we ever expect our kids to have any more discipline than us? You know? Yeah, they, they definitely, there's no, if you give them a smartphone, they will definitely get hooked. There's no way out. <laughs> Everyone will. I mean, it's crazy to see people's grandparents or older parents. You know, now I hang out with my mom and I feel like she's on her smartphone too much. And I'm like, yeah, it, it's, it's all by, by design. Isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. designed. I mean, we have to identify that these are designed to be as or more addictive than cigarettes. And if we really boil down the numbers, I bet the health effects are just as adverse yeah um, and then like when you want to quit when you want to quit smoking you don't carry a you don't carry a cigarette around and say you don't not going to use it yeah <laughs> a lit cigarette like, uh, and just not smoke it I know, uh, you were saying how you don't even have a phone uh, a light phone at least and uh already you know this conversation has got gears turning. I think something Kai and I have always wanted is that someone might see our project and not necessarily buy our phone, but maybe mm. that night they delete Instagram app or they, you know, sort of start rethinking and maybe taking a small step. And I think, you know, for the audience, like you don't necessarily have to take the plunge to the light phone to start dabbling with, you know, bringing down your, your kind of digital footprint, so to speak, uh, <clears throat> whether that's deleting social media, turning your screen black and white. Uh, there's now even more apps that kind of like try to help you restrict or guilt you into not overspending time. Uh, obviously, I think we kind of believe that those are a little bit band-aid in their approach. Mm. Um, and that, you know, when someone takes off social media, now they're looking at shoes on Etsy or something for the time, you know, there's kind of infinite holes on the smartphone to find. But uh, I do think that there's, you know, a degree of solutions for kind of combating our, our, our digital addictions and the light phones, you know, one more extreme option um, can be quite profound if you're able to get there. But I think there's a variety of ways that uh, people can start to tackle that. Yeah. You know, I mean, the thing that I'm really coming away from this is just that recognition of this being a dependency or an addiction. And I'm thinking about how, you know, when you get a new iPhone or whatever, like there's no instruction manual because you turn the thing on and it's just leading you down these paths to use, compulsive use. You know, you get a new app that's recommended to you. It's got all these, you know, high ratings, like everything. That path is just there to tumble down. And I'm, I'm actually thinking that with the move to a device like a light phone or even um, taking these steps to delete your social media, like there is instructions that are involved because now you're taking back your own humanity. And that's a, it's almost a spiritual or um, deeply personal 
set of steps like quitting alcohol or like quitting smoking. And so here's what you guys should do is you should create a user's manual for the light phone that has basically nothing about the phone, but it's like how to be a human again and how to deal with boredom and you know how to use your eyes again. It's like you almost need a support group to get through those steps of um, you know, shedding the fear. Like, how am I going to get off my, you know, all my relationships are on dating apps or all of my, you know, everything that I know about the world is in this digital space. And now an instruction manual for something like a light phone is like an instruction on how to be human again. Um, that's, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, you're not wrong. And actually like organically, uh, our community has made like reddits and discords and people, well, you know, not only talk about, well, what do you say to someone when they say, why do you have that stupid little phone to like, hey, does anyone have a workaround for like what they do for this? And they're like, oh, try this notebook or I got this camera or, you know, like different things that the light phone doesn't do uh, sharing tips. And, you know, I think <laughs> I mean, even in my circle, not that many of my closest friends use a light phone. So uh, having that community of people to to be like, okay, we're not the only people on the face of the earth without a smartphone. Uh, Cause sometimes if you take the subway in New York city, you might think you are. Um, yeah. All the glowing faces everywhere. And I mean, that's like the funny thing is sometimes you'll be light and you're like, Oh, I'm so present. And then every other person at the bar is heads down. Um, except um, maybe the bartender, hopefully. But. I can see some funny advertising where it's just a bar, cool hip bar, all these beautiful people and everyone's faces down except this one person looking around and they see that one other person who's not connected and boom, magic sparks, real conversation. <laughs> it is sort of like a litmus test for like the people that have escaped the, the matrix. Right. Yeah. Definitely. I always joke about like, if, if like our, our outer space species come to earth right now and watching how we behave with our, this device on hand, they would be like, who is this, you know, superior being that control human uh, uh walk around yeah, it's screens yeah, yeah it's like they definitely they they are controlled by some superior being uh through the device right it's just so weird and i you know i'm a little i'm probably more positive i feel like because this is so weird i think this is just temporary it, eventually we will we will realize this is just so unhuman. Um, and doesn't mean technology is going to stop. That means we're probably going to like transition into a more a more uh, human ways to use technology. technology. You know, yeah, technology like, should serve discreetly. Yeah, you I know, mean, we, we thought about putting we we, we have a, I, we have a plan to put digital payment on life phone. You know, it's like we don't we don't we're not against technology. You know, we we think those are great, like helping us getting our life doing the doing the task faster so we could get it back to our life. Um but at the same time I just don't think this staring, swiping mm. eight, seven, ten hours a day, damaging our well being, hurts our kids' creativity. I, I just don't think this is gonna continue. Um if it if it is <laughs> uh, that would be pretty horrible. I would just live in a box, put on a goggle in a tiny little box. Matrix <laughs> you mentioned. Yeah, people have used the matrix red pill, blue pill analogy mm. in describing committing to the light phone. Um, and it's funny that I never thought about it till recently as an analogy, but it works pretty good. Yeah, gosh. Well, I mean, I just think about the world that's being offered to us through the devices and it's very matrixy. I mean, the way that um, and I've seen this now that I've gotten into like YouTube posting a bit more, um, you know, everything that the algorithms are doing is just skewing humanity to the extremes. Yeah. It's um, it's caricaturizing the worst aspects or at least I wouldn't say worse, but not the best, you know. And if you look at what's happened in politics and what's happened in, I don't know, like all of our social issues that that schism is there and a lot of it is because of that matrix um, kind of dividing people across these lines. And so you get a bunch of people, you know, off that stream and having real face-to-face -face conversations and recognizing that we're all human. We all breathe the same air. Way more in common than we don't, you know? Yeah. 
I think with the light phone, we've seen it cross a lot of lines politically, geographically, demographically. Um, and that's been encouraging because I think if we are to get off our phones, we'd probably be able to get along a little bit better, I'd hope. It's easy to yell at someone you don't know on Twitter, I guess, in oh, 120 yeah, characters or something. And, be such <laughs> and they, they, mean encourage, person, they encourage that too. You might not do that if you were in real life with someone because you'd be looking at them and they're a real person with feelings and emotions and you know, it's, it's more complicated than the black and white of echo chambers. Yeah. Well, um, this has been so awesome. And I knew as soon as I had this conversation with my friend that, uh, tracking you guys down was something I wanted to do. And it's, it's pretty clear that you not only have, um, the passion you have, uh, the ability to deliver. It's really cool that you were supported by a community that, um, saw that same vision, you know, crowdfunding, I think is a way that, You've also kind of brought this right to the people that need it and kind of short-circuited the matrix. So keep going, guys. I, I love what you're doing. And for the people watching or listening, yeah, maybe take that time. You know, what does it mean when you actually look at your device not as a, a product that you're using, but maybe um, something toxic that you're addicted to? Like, how does that change your perspective of what you need from it and what it's taking from you. And um, your website is thelightphone.com. If anyone yes. wants to dive in uh, feet first and uh, you know have that experience of, of cutting cold turkey. Uh, but at the very least, I think just bringing that conversation to the forefront is super important right now when we see so many just systemic issues that are not being helped by our, uh, our feeds. So. Do you guys have any, um, I don't know, last thoughts or things that you wanted to make sure to say? Uh, that was a great chat. I'm sure I'll take us down another hole if I open my mouth anymore. So <laughs> Which is all good. Okay. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah I appreciate it, guys. Love what you do. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'll let you get back to the trenches, but this was an awesome conversation. Right, and man. I'm going to I'm gonna go buy me a light phone. I'm going <laughs> to... I think that I'm the right type of person to try this experiment and talk about it a lot. Oh, thank Hope you. It works out. We really appreciate it. Thanks, cool. man. All right, guys. Talk at you later.